Well, the summer continues to roll on, and we are just over 80 days away until a new season. South Carolina football kicks off. Welcome into Believe in South Carolina, everybody. I am Mike Yuva, and joined, as always, Klaus and former Gamecock running back Marcus Lattimore. Boys, good to have you back on, and let's get right into it. Big weekend for South Carolina football. We have some uh, new Gamecock commits. We have some guys that have gone public with their decisions, and I think it's a good time to be able to go into what takes place during those official visits. And obviously, Marcus knows a good bit, remembering what his days were like, both at USC and taking visits at other places. But before we get into that, just a reminder about our partners at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news in the evening, even the next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website, or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online with a game start. So, Marcus, let's start with what you remember from your official visits, especially the ones that took place in the summer, in the month of June. Well, first off, congrats to the guys that just committed. Um, big step in your life and you, you really making a statement you know who committed for us in the summer that was huge was Dylan Thompson mm. and Dylan committed at camp it's camp season right now yep. going on all across the country Dylan committed during the camp he was offered by Coach Spurrier right after the camp after he saw him throw 10 to 15 balls and obviously Gamecocks all know that was a <laughs> that was a great decision to uh to 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 offer that man because he ended up being one of the most prolific passers that ever that ever put on the put on the jersey but man uh when you those official visits i guess it just depends on what time you're doing it you know what time of the year that that you're that you're that you're taking the visit in the summer it's a little bit different uh, God, dog, in the summer in Columbia, it's hot, you know, so they did the most that we they could inside. Uh, we didn't have a Jessica Jackson, who was probably considered the best director of recruiting in the country. Um, we but we had a good time. You know, I, I can I, I remember a lot of good times. I remember, I mean, just having fun. You know, that that's really what it was all about, having fun and learning more about the brand. Uh, it, you mean, that's what the coaches are doing. They're just trying to sell their brand. Um, and, and Gamecock football did a great job of that. I think that when I look back on those times, what what stands, really what stands out the most was just, I mean, the the relationships with the other guys on the visit. You know, you're just really trying to get a feel to see, okay, can I – is this somebody that that I would like to be my teammate? Um, yeah, the, I mean, we had a lot of activities planned, and you know, you would tour the Doty and Maria Hickman, who is the assistant AD now. Uh, she was the head of academics and still is, uh, but got a chance to meet Maria, 
Um, you you really just filling everybody out, but the relationships that you, you're getting a feel for the guys that that are on the visit with you. You know, I I vividly remember, um, you know, just like three or four times coming up to Carolina, meeting Bruce, uh, meeting AJ Can. Oh, I mean, Calais Dylan. Um, we had a lot of good guys, and I was just that's really what it boiled down to. You know, if if without the relationships, I don't know if I would be at South Carolina. You know, if if it wasn't for Bruce, uh, Dylan who committed early and who's recruiting, like really recruiting us. Um, AJ, uh, Nick Jones committed early. He was a teammate in high school. Um, It it was the relationships, you know, Uh, and you know, if I, in, in, in that stage in my life, you know, if I'm thinking about my mindset, I'm thinking about glitz and glamour and tradition. I'm thinking about Penn State, Auburn, Oregon, you know, schools like that. But, I mean, the, the relationships at South Carolina just stood out. I mean, that's really what it was. But on the visits, uh, I mean, it's got to be a little bit different now. I mean, Coach Beamer, I know he understands, you know, what it takes what it takes to get a guy in the run. And then again, having a Jessica Jackson is just like a, it's a separator. You really have to start right there. You know, like who, who is, who is the, the event coordinator? Who is the, who's, who's the one that is setting up all of the visits, those small little intricate details. When you walk into your room, there's your name and you got chocolates laid out on your bed. And I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. It, it, she she knows how to draw the emotion out of, out of it. That's one thing that I remember the most. Like she was just so, she's so intentional about the details, particularly like when 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 they show up. You know, make it personalizing it for each person, uh, and, and each family. It, it, it's uh, it starts right there, Mike. She you know, she's just an awesome person. I, I got the chance to interview her, and she is so cool to talk to. Um, she definitely has a huge role in getting these kids to commit. And, I mean, Beamer's also on a roll, but that was the, actually, Marcus, The one of the first things I thought about was you got four kids committing on the same day, and we just had a bunch of official visits. I mean, like, it's they have to be – related in some way or this kid saw him commit so now he wants to commit he wants to make it official so and, and nick there's a lot of you you so right i mean like it's a lot of emotion going on right there in the moment as well you know it, it it's almost like a a gut it, like when something happens like that guys committing all at once i mean they definitely had a few conversations they probably got them all together at the same time and mark and, and you, you're because we no, you we, we talked about this before we started. I'm kind of burying the lead with some of these players because you said, you know, could be all talking with each other. And this is important for maybe people who were, I don't know, had a couple too too many cold ones by the pool or on the beach or whatever the case was on Sunday. These three commits, and we've got to make we should make sure that we throw these names out, the, the public commits. 
you have four-star athlete who is getting recruited as a wide receiver, Kelton Henderson, four-star receiver. You have three-star tight end, Connor Cox. And then you also have three-star safety who has the ability to play uh, nickel or cornerback, according to defensive back Torian Gray. That is Cameron Upshaw. Of those three, all guys are from Florida. So I just want to throw that out there because we had, of course, Shaq Wilson on just two weeks ago. He talked about what really helped make those Gamecock teams so special during that 2009 to 2013 period. They were really able to steal talent from the state of Florida. So to just go back to what you're saying, Marcus, for people that might have missed that, I mean, shoot, no question. No question that they may have been talking with each other, especially if they're all from the same state, a state as, as dominant as Florida is when you talk about talent. And golly, man, you bring up such a good point. Like when we when we look back at the at the time where Carolina was rolling, I mean, our Florida guys, they came in and they played right away. You know, Coach Beamer recognizes that. He knows that. Uh you know, you're surrounded by Florida, Florida State, UCF, Miami, USF. Well, you can go to the SEC. I mean, and it's not too far from home. Uh, and, and, you know, playing the best conference in the country. And also, I mean, you know, Shaq, Shaq was there probably, you know, when they committed. Uh, you know, Devontae Holloman, he, he's in the building when they're – like, there's a lot of guys that that, that are surrounding the program that – you know, maybe had an influence in that whole thing, but it's that, that spur of the moment, like when you're in the moment and whether it be at a camp or a visit, you know, at a visit together and coaches painting the picture of what could potentially happen. I mean, it's, it's a lot more viable for them to play, you know, probably for them to make an impact early Uh at a school like South Carolina. I mean, that's just the, that's just the fact right now. I mean, we're not, we're not dominant, you know, we're, we're, we're not dominant in the country. And we, a school like South Carolina, when, you know, schools in Florida are flooded with talent. I mean, that's kind of appealing. Um, I'll, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so for it. You know, and, and I mean, look at A. Sanders. Look what A. Sanders did when he came to South Carolina. I mean, yeah, like like you said, one of one of the guys that committed, you say, was it Cam Upshaw? He's 165, 175 pounds. Yep, 165 pounds, yep. I mean, Ace came in at 160. And, I mean, the first, the first game, first couple games, I mean, he took a reverse for 65 yards. I mean, he's playing right away. You know, would he he could have played anywhere. I mean, maybe he's an anomaly. You, you know, know what's throwing, scary, Marcus? Him. You know what's scary? And you know this. When you come from high school, and granted, you played at a very good, very good high school with Burns. But still, you, you go to some of these, these, these high schools, you're coming out of school, you go to into a real college lifting program. There's easily, easily 10 pounds of muscles that you could throw on. They always say there's easily 10 pounds of muscle you can always throw onto your legs. So you look at some of these guys, they might be a little undersized. That's okay. If they can have the, if they have talent. If they have talent, I mean, shoot, you throw them in there for a year with Luke Day, it's going to be a wrap. And Mike, that's the, for, that's the formula right there. That like Coach Beamer knows the formula to win at South Carolina. You have to get guys. 
you have to be able to analyze guys from a far-sighted perspective, like and, and look at their potential. Like A. Sanders' potential was high, you know. Although maybe a Florida or Florida State or Miami thought, you know, okay, there's a million guys down there like Ace, you know. Uh, Ace had the, you know, the, the the perspective to see, like, okay, I go to South Carolina. And, I mean, I think he left 185, 190 pounds, fourth-round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, I mean, it's – I don't know. Uh, it's 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 the formula. Coach I mean, Beamer I saw – I saw a – I was looking – it was Twitter or Instagram, but after someone announced the, pay, the uh, commits we got today – or yesterday, sorry, and um, – someone commented saying, how are we expected? Like, why is this good? How are we expected to keep up with Georgia and Clemson if they're consistently getting five-star, four-stars, and we're getting four-star, three-stars? And the response was very good. It was basically saying we have to be perfect at evaluating. Because, no, we're not going to get five-stars and four-stars the way Georgia does. I mean, they're coming off a national championship. The way Clemson did, they won a national championship. We are not dominant. So – it makes sense what you're saying and what they responded is we have to be very good at looking at the potential that these players can come in and be very successful, even though they came out as a three-star. I mean, you see four-stars bust all the time. You just don't think about it because you're only talking about the ones that did great. But there are four-stars that come in and never pan out. And, Nick, I, so, see, it, I see it every day on Gamecock Central. I see it on the message boards, right? We're not naive. We're not naive to say, okay, look, five stars don't make an impact. Shoot, South Carolina could have a, a, a roster full of five stars. Would they probably be in great shape? Absolutely. We're not naive to say that. But at the same time, too, it goes back to what Marcus was saying. you got to know who you are right now. South Carolina is trying to, even though they're coming off a seven-win season, right, and they're getting things rolling in comparison to where they were the two previous seasons, it's going to take some time. But it goes back to everything that Shane Beamer has talked about. It's not about just going out there, just getting talent. It's about getting talent that can make an impact on this team. It's not just – and Bill Belichick talks about it all the time. You could, There's a reason why the Patriots do things a certain way. And granted, you know, maybe, maybe it starts with that man Tom Brady. But the point being is you don't see them go out and just get whatever player is the best player. You need to be able to get someone that's going to fit. So, you know, an ace, ace was a three-star coming out of high school. And I bring that up because, you know, there's some people that are going to look at, whether it be a Cameron Upshaw or Connor Cox. Okay, oh, they're three stars. Shoot, you go back. You go back and specifically talking about Florida now, right? There was a lot of talented three stars that came out of the state of Florida. Those three stars, in my opinion, those are the diamonds in the rough. I mean, you could also get a two-star too. But four or five stars, that's where people are going to get excited, okay? The expectations, you got to have to live up to the hype. It's those three stars that come in. And I feel like that those group of players that come in can really make the difference of where your program's going to head. If they can come in here, they can make an impact. I mean, man, three-star on paper, we've seen it. I mean, go down the list. Go down the list of talented three-stars that South Carolina has had. Go back during that 2009-2013 run, Marcus. Think about all the players that you played with that were three-stars and how they lived up to basically playing uh, at a four-star level or a five-star level. I mean, the list goes on and on. Ronald Patrick, uh, my dear friend, my teammate. I mean, he was 5'11", 
5'11", came in at 265, 270 pounds, ended up starting his last two years uh, d- during our run, like at guard. Um, he's from Cocoa Beach, Florida. You know, a winning program, uh, was used to winning, had winning habits. I mean, it, it's just like these little things that people miss. Um, I, I love how, I mean, you mentioned the word, you got to be in a good, you, you have to be an excellent evaluator at a school like South Carolina. It's just, it's really just that simple. And if like, if we, if we, if we miss this point as fans, we'll, we'll never understand how South Carolina will work, like how we will get back to that point. It, it's we're in that bucket with Kentucky. You know, we're in this conference with all of this talent, you know, surrounded by schools with rich tradition. We have to do things a little bit different. And when we do, when we do that successfully, we beat those teams. You know, and Coach Beamer, again, Coach Beamer and his staff and the staff he's putting together, they understand that. And Beamer's recruiting, like, you have to imagine these are pitches. Like, he's pitching these kids to come to the University of South Carolina and build something. Because, like you said, we we don't have – we have tradition, don't get me wrong, but, like, not the crazy success. We aren't dominant. So you're not going to just say South Carolina. It's not Bama. You're not just going to get the five stars, the four stars, even the really good three stars. You have to convince them. Show them what's here, what we have here, what's great about Columbia, South Carolina – and also what they can build. Because I know if you talk to competitors, true competitors, and say to them, come here, yes, it's underrated, but you can make it great. And not just like you can come and help make it great immediately or very soon. It's not going to be wait on the bench until you're a senior at Bama. And yes, you'd win a national championship more likely. So that does sound pretty nice. But you're going to... Come here, and people are gonna love you because you're gonna work for South Carolina, and that Nick, and that's the fan base we have. Nick, and and here's the thing: like Mike, you asked earlier, what happens on the visit? I presume the pitch has been the same for the past ten to fifteen years. Some guys find it appealing. Some guys, some guys find it scary to come to a school like South Carolina. Some guys find it appealing. It's explain that, Mark. Mm. Explain explain that. When you say it's scary, I mean, I think a majority of us that when you say that, we we get what you're saying, but there's going to be some, whether they're not necessarily Gamecock fans or they're maybe listening to this podcast and, you know, they haven't been following the team that long. When you say it's scary, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, so a school like Georgia, I'll take the running back position, for example. Mm-hmm. At a school like Georgia, you're a top running back in the country. Th- their selling points are completely different from a running back going to South Carolina. Simply because of, number one, their tradition of running the football and running back by committee. Now, that's been a more popular thing over the past couple of years, but at Georgia, 
what is for certain is that they know they manage running backs. They are a true running, even when Todd Gurley was there. I mean, one of the one of the most dangerous runners I've ever seen. Vicious. It was still running back by committee. He didn't take all the hits. He didn't take all the carries. They managed him in a specific way because it is a it's a running school. Uh, that that that's what they do. Uh, when when I say when I say safe, uh, I, I I'd rather rephrase that to say. South Carolina is a school where if you if you don't have if if you don't have a like a desire to build something like if you don't have that inside of you the want to create something I feel like it's a little it's, bit of a chip not, on your shoulder too Yeah I Nick that's a great way that's a great way of saying it man it's just it's like you you you're the little brother you're the little brother of the SEC conference. I mean that that's how you feel. And it could it could go it could go well or it could go south real quick. And a school like Georgia and Florida, it simply because of the name of the school. Like but because of how deep its roots are when it comes to Heisman trophies and national championships and conference championships there will always be a wave of kids that will go to Georgia and Florida, no matter what, no, like no matter what Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, no matter what, simply because of their grandparents. And at a school like South Carolina, I mean, we didn't join the SEC until the nineties. Uh, I mean, we, we, we have, don't get me wrong. Like we've, we've had some seasons, like, but they've been so sporadic throughout the decades that there's no, there's really been no consistency where people have been able to watch us and admire us from afar. Like, there's Georgia fans in California, you know. There's Georgia, there, there's Florida fans in Oregon. Uh, I mean, that, simply because of the memories that they have of watching this team dominate in the '80s. And dominating the night, we don't have those type of memories in people's minds. So, a South Carolina, when when I say you're taking like it's a little bit scary, and you're taking a risk, I I, I mean your either that excites you that you're taking a risk, or or it's like oh no, I'm going to, I'm going the safe route, you know, because a lot I mean a part of that. Uh, part of it is just you know the projection of the NFL as well like that that's in the back of back of your mind as well and you look at the list of guys that of the neighboring schools you know that go to the NFL so, I mean it's a lot more um that you you it takes a special breed you know I I think a guy I don't know why this guy is popping into my mind right now but Captain Munnerlin Captain Munnerlin was a defensive back he was he was not the biggest. Came from Alabama, another another Ace Sanders type, another mm, Sherrod Golightly type, another one of these guys that like developed into a like like a great player, a great player for South Carolina. He went on to play in the NFL. But all of these guys have the same personality, Mike and Nick, 
and I'm and and it's really now just coming to me right now. They have this personality where it's just like I don't give a damn how small I am. Like I don't get like Nick, you said it, having that chip on your shoulder. Like you recruit guys to South Carolina who have that dog mentality. Another three-star guy at that too. Just to throw that mm. out there. He played above being a three-star. Mike, they all they all have this personality. Like when you come like if you meet Captain, you meet Sherrod, you meet an ace, you think you're talking to the same person. Like cause they don't like they don't they love the game of football. See, I haven't had a chance to talk with Ace. I mean, Captain, obviously, during my time with, with covering the Panthers, I mean, you could you could see it. You could sense it. Mm. You could sense that the way that he carried himself at USC probably went about the same way in the pros. He didn't he didn't care how small he was. Nope. He like that like that that was the and and uh you felt and, like you were talking to that. a dude that was like six two, yes. six three or whatever, and he's only five nine. Nothing wrong with five nine. It's perfectly average height. Which shout out to my five. Fully, shout out to I fully, shout out to I fully nine agree guys. with that. <laughs> five nine. The but no man, it's just like you 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 have to find that personality. You're recruiting a personality more than you're recruiting height, weight, star, or I mean. It, like I, I just I, I played with some guys that like, like I mean Ronald Patrick for example. I mean he was the shortest dude on the field. I mean I was taller than my left guard. But when he when when they did a combo block, him and him and T.J. Johnson on the inside zone, or a single block, I mean he's gonna mash you. But and this, I don't even think their stature is in their mind like those those guys like it's just something that's inside of them like and that's what we're finding that's what we're finding with the kelton henderson that's what we're finding with the cam upshaw i mean it's it's these guys that don't give a damn like that like they they see they see what could happen at south carolina like and, and you have to see it first you have to see it first and, and then and then go do it. Uh and, and and but and here's the thing, they don't retreat. They're not afraid of it. That's what that's what Gamecock fans need to know. We're getting some dudes that are not afraid of going up against <laughs> going up against what you're going up against every week. I mean, which is a freaking dog fight against against these teams that these teams that get in the five stars, you know, they, I'm mean, shit. They want to prove, they want to prove that I, I don't know if he's a five star. That's in the back. I mean, that's in the back of their mind. Shoot. If you watch some of their highlights too, if you guys haven't had a chance to, if you guys are Gamecock central subscribers or you're not go to Gamecock central. We did a video breakdown as we do on every commit for football. Um, give you a little background about what these guys are all about, what they were able to do in high school, what this means moving forward, but you're also able to see some of their highlights. In addition to that, if you do go to the Insiders Forum, um, not just myself, but Wes Mitchell, we give you insight as to you know what these guys could be. Uh, I'll tell you one guy I really like is that Connor Cox. I think he just fits the bill of what we've seen from every successful tight end in USC history, just – 
his tenacity to want to be able to to block as well. Going back to the official visits, though, Marcus, right, and not to make it a Seinfeld episode where we skip over the 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 interesting stuff, right, by saying yada yada yada, but you look at it, right? People from the outside they're going to wonder, okay, what takes place during these weekends? You show up. And I'm sure South Carolina wasn't the only place that you took an official visit during the summer. Cause like you said, it's, it's camp season. You hop around a little bit. The difference of course, with official visits compared to unofficial visits, they're able to give you a little bit more stuff, right? And they're able to give you a little bit more swag. They're able to take care of you, pamper you a little bit. You show up on those, you know, show up on a Friday. I think the, the window is you have a maximum of what, 48 hours or around that. So you show up, there's a camp going on. You show up though, but go to the hotel room. All these different letters could be spread on your bed. There could be some uh, chocolates, like you said, or some cookies or whatnot. To kind of sum up for people on the outside that have never gone through this process, what is taking place between that period of time you go obviously at the camp portion of it, but at some point you have an opportunity to meet with the coach and not just the head coach, but the coaches, your family, if they're there, they get to meet with them. Um, because between that Friday and, you know, over those next 48 hours, and we saw it and we heard it from guys like, um, I think it was Upshaw that said, and I got to go back and just double check because I want to make sure that I'm, I'm getting this right because it was a busy day yesterday that that was important to him, that they showed his family so much love. And, and he felt that. Um, or I think it was Kelton Henderson that said that. But the point being is you hear these guys say that stuff. I mean, this isn't just another weekend where you go up and it's just like, all right, yeah, you know, this is the campus. It's like, you know, what, what, what can you sell me on as to why I should come to South Carolina? Mm-hmm. And, of, of course, we talked about, what Jessica was able to do, Jessica Jackson, Jasmine, another important person in the recruiting department, yes. whole coaching staff from Shane Beamer down, the trickle down, the players as well. We've heard so much about how important the players are to being able to recruit some of these other guys and just the way that they handle themselves. What's going on through your mind and just kind of everything around you when you do step on campus for one of these official visits in the summer? Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, it's different depending on who who who's on the staff. Uh, one thing I know for sure, if it goes Beamer staff, it's authentic. You know, a lot everybody showed you love, you know, and that's the thing. Like you you step on campus, you are a VIP. You are a very important person. Everywhere you go, uh, you know, people were probably briefed. Before you got there, uh, they know who you are. They know your family's name. They know your girlfriend's name. They know your mom. You're saying brief, meaning the coaches all the way down probably to the players. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. They're going to host someone. If you're a player and you're hosting, you know, Marcus Marcus Lattimore, right? You probably know a little bit about their background. The coaches have to probably. You, you watched watch his highlight info. film before, you get, before he got on campus. That I mean, that's that's for sure. You 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 wanted to know who he is, and and how this guy is going to fit into your culture. Um, but man, you're a VIP. You you're you're a VIP everywhere you go. Um, everybody is. I mean, <laughs> everybody's telling you how good you are. You know, and that fit and that feels good. 
I mean, it really does. It it, it feels good. It's something that you, you don't expect, you know, particularly if this is your first time going through an experience like that. You know, if, when, when you imagine, you know, just the average person right now, imagine just walking down the street for about two miles of, and there's people lined, lined on the street and everybody's it, it's it's like a parade uh, and it's your parade. I mean, just everywhere you go. Uh, it, it, it is beautiful. It is signs at the cotton gin saying oh, we want X, Y, Z, which has been something that has been absolutely incredible to see over the last couple years. And we actually did a story on the cotton gin because the, uh, the general manager used to work for USC football. So he knows a thing or two about recruiting and mm. wants to be able to help those guys out. It's, I mean, it's, it's your, it's your city for the next 48 hours, you know, and, and you see the potential, like you, you really see, I mean, here's the thing, Mike, South Carolina is unique. I don't think a, a lot of places, I don't think a lot of places show as much love as South Carolina and are as in-depth into recruiting as South Carolina fans. Yeah, there's, I mean, obviously there's some schools out there, but we're one of those schools. You know, we love football and we know when somebody's stepping on campus or stepping in, into the city. So, I mean, it's just, you're kind of, sh- I, I, if I'm not from the state, I'm kind of shocked. I'm shocked by, oh my goodness. I, I mean, I, I didn't know South Carolina football was this strong. And quite frankly, growing up in the state until I got to Columbia, I didn't know the culture was this strong. I didn't know it was that deep. You know, when I say that, I, I, I mean, from a sense of, I guess, I mean, everywhere you go, it, it, I mean, you, you are, if, if you're on a visit, you're a celebrity for the next 48 hours. It, it's not. How do you tell the not, difference, though? How do you tell the difference? And by the way, Thomas Dugas is the general manager of Cotton Gym. I make sure I put his name out there. Shout Thomas, out to Thomas for what he's able you. to do. But how, how, especially when you're 17, 18 years old, right? Yeah, I mean, people blow smoke up your ass all the time, telling you how great you are. You want to come in, mean, and you didn't you know it. I mean, shoot, Nick, you remember from the recruiting process, even if it's Division Two. I remember going through it. You get people telling you how great you are, the, the the used car salesman, right? How are you able to tell the difference between someone that genuinely cares and wants you because they see you as number one, it's a special athlete, but they see you as a special person? in comparison to just going to another school and they just see it was a number because I'm sure you were able to experience that at other schools. But when you're that young, I mean, if everyone's just blowing smoke up your ass, telling you how great you are, how do you pick up on that? Is that just Mm. an experience thing? You know, I mean, you go to South Carolina one week, you go to uh, Alabama the next, you go to Georgia the next. How can you tell the difference in that young? And what would you tell some of these student athletes that go through that process? Because, you know, it might sound great when they go down the street and, you know, you have Joe's roast beef telling you how great you are. And then you go to another place. How can you tell what, like, what is authentic? Because in South Carolina, and this is just from an outsider's perspective, you can, I can tell when it's authentic. Yeah. I can tell. I've, I've yeah. went through the recruiting process myself as an athlete. I can see when something's genuine and not genuine, but I'm older now. I'm 17, yeah. 18 years old. 
and, it, and your family might not have ever experienced it. You might not, not have the experience from your father, your brother, your uncle, whoever the case may be, right? of them going through it to be able to sit you down or your high school coach saying, hey, Johnny, all right, this is what to expect. This might be new to you. Yeah. I mean, your discernment at that age is, I mean, it's hard, Mike. It, it, it really is hard. You know, because everybody's saying the same. Go ahead, Nick. Every, I mean, I just, I just didn't want to cut you off. Sorry. I just did want to say it is hard. I, w- I made the wrong decision. I fully admit that now. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't know. I made. It looks like a fun time down there, Nick. I ain't gonna. Oh, lie, it was man. fun, but I mean, look, I, I didn't Good finish. Seafood. I didn't stay there. They won Things a national out, championship. Things turned out for you all right. Things working no, out for you all right. It definitely, it definitely did. And I, you know, I made every the right decision coming to South Carolina, and I definitely don't regret it. But in that recruiting process, I made the wrong decision, and kids do make the wrong decision. What, 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 so it what, is hard. How how do you define the wrong decision? Because like like Mike said, when you're getting recruited, I mean, they treat you like obviously it's a different scale with Division One football, but even at the D two level, they treat you well. And they tell you how good you are and how much they want you to be there. And, oh, you'll you'll get playing time day one. You'll get this. You'll get this. And sometimes you do get straight up lied to. Mm. I got straight up lied to. And that's just a fact of life. And I fell for it. And I wish so much that I went I could go back to that recruiting process and really go go play for the coaches that were genuine. Because now that I look back, Mike's mm. right. I look back and I'm like, yeah, that guy was genuine. He cared about me in my college career. And the, he, others, the school and I you chose could separate didn't really. it. And Nick, you could separate. There's a difference, right, when you get recruited and you talk about playing time because there could be some people listening, whether they didn't play sports, they did play sports. It's like, oh, he's just upset they didn't get playing time. No, you know when you go into a situation, nothing's given, whether you're a five-star, no. four-star, three-star, you know, two stickers thrown on, two st- whatever the heck it may be. doesn't matter what division it is. You know that once you go in, you have to prove yourself. All right, Marcus Lattimore, five-star, one of the best high school players in the state. Great. He's up to South Carolina. If he doesn't produce, then he's just going to be that five-star that came out of high school that didn't do anything. Marcus knew matter. that. So there's a difference of – but it's just that genuineness. And I, I, I think we bring this all back together now, guys, right? You hear about this type of weekend for South Carolina. We've seen it in bulks with South Carolina being able to get commitments all at once. What can that do from a recruiting standpoint, Marcus, if you're another player? We have a couple players later this week, depending on when you're listening to this. We have one player who's expected to make his commitment on Tuesday, or excuse me, Wednesday, uh, and that's going to be Jalen Kilgore, that'll be Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern is when he's expected to make his decision. So uh, stay tuned to that. He is a four-star safety from Georgia. When you see everything that's taking place right now with this weekend, that has to create momentum, right? I mean, people have to take notice of what's going on. Obviously, players are going to make the decision of what's best for them. But, I mean, it has to grab your attention. It's like, wait a minute, you know, kind of like uh, like a big party, like a big block party, right? You're just sitting on your balcony, and you see something down the street. Start peeking over, like, what's going on over there? 
you know, what's going on? And then you get closer. The music's a little bit louder. Could be some pretty women coming in and out. You know, they got some beverages. Mm. You could tell what's going on. I'm not saying that's the recruiting style for, for USC. I think, you know, this is just. No, that's a great. No, Mike, that's a great analogy. I mean, <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. You you just you. You can't help but know this particularly. I mean, heck, this generation, I mean, you on your phone four or five hours out of the day. And you seeing all of these pictures, you seeing all of these commitments and you know, it's the same the same write up. I mean, it's just like what is going on over there? And w- without you knowing or not, I mean, it's sitting in your subconscious. You know, so it's just like you you're going to give South Carolina a a a closer look sim- simply because you know somebody from your rival school committed there or somebody you know that that you've that you met on on another visit he committed to South Carolina you know i want to go back i want to go back to that question though i mean that that question is so important mike about how do you determine what's real and what's not i mean that's that 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 is at that age that's so that's so vital. It's so important. And you know, what came to mind was, you know, conversations with the current players were a very, very beneficial. Beneficial. I like now I, I wouldn't say that it was the ultimate, you know, decision making piece, but conversations with guys on the roster already about your potential position coach or the head coach. I mean, at the end of the day, we they were in our situation. They're going to shoot us straight. They're going to give it to you real. And the real may be something you may not want to hear, but it's something that you can tolerate when you step on campus. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that's important. But, you know, like going back to that, go, going back to, you know, South Carolina in this weekend, it's 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 huge for – it, it, it's huge for like the, 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 I mean, the propaganda, it's positive propaganda. Like it's something that you want to see. Um, you know, for me, like I mentioned earlier, when Dylan Thompson committed, well, Dylan, Dylan Thompson is only 15 miles away, you know, from where I grew up in Bowling. He grew up in Bowling Springs. I grew up in Duncan. Um, knowing that, like knowing that in the back of my mind, you know, us being us being in, you know, such close proximity and, you know, just I mean, just being friends in general. Uh, I'm going to consider South Carolina simply because he considered South Carolina. And it's it's, it's just simple as that. Um, it. I love the analogy you use, though, about, you know, you just see you, you see something going on. It's like there's a reason. There's a reason. Let let let, um, let it's piquing my interest. Let me figure out that reason a little bit more. Now, one thing too, Marcus, that cannot be said enough, or it shouldn't be overlooked, because I'm sure from the recruiting process, you can recall situations. Nick, maybe you remember situations going through the recruiting process for lacrosse. You go to certain places, right? We hear so much about how competition is a core value for South Carolina. They embrace, they welcome competition. Well, you go to a place like South Carolina, right? 
it could be real easy. It could be any school for that matter. If you go for a place like South Carolina, it could be a five-star, four-star, whatever the case may be, and you're hosting this kid. In the back of your mind, you might be thinking, man, this is my replacement they're trying to bring in. But if you embrace competition, if you are someone that wants to see this program take that next step, you welcome it. Because if you're a scumbag, man, I mean, like you said, Marcus, it could be real easy for USC not to be able to land some of these guys. So I'm not saying that's the case. That's the reason why things weren't as good the last couple of seasons before Beamer got here by any means. I mean, that's just one small facet. But it's important. It's an important one because if you have guys that are scumbags that are more worried about themselves, they're afraid that they have to look over their back because they're just not comfortable about themselves, you could be losing out on a lot of talent. So far from everything we've heard this weekend, it was the complete opposite of that. We had guys like Landon Sampson hosting receivers. And we have some notes about that, who he hosted, and I want to get into all that right now on Gamecock Central. Great uh, post from Wes Mitchell. But he could have been easily just a scumbag. He could have been just an aspect, you know what, screw that. I'm coming in as a freshman. I just enrolled her. I don't want to deal with that. That wasn't the case. And that's important when you're trying to build a foundation. Competition breeds competition. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. I mean, golly. I mean, it, it, I mean, it just kind of proves who he's recruiting. It's just proof of like, okay. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, how, how are you going to reach your full potential if somebody behind you is, is not clawing? It's not clawing for your spot. I mean, at the end of the day, like, yes, I I came in early and I, and I played early as a freshman. But, like, then this is a big but. Kenny Miles, Brian Maddox, you know, like, I, I knew, like, Coach Graham, like, our running back coach, I knew that if I wasn't performing, he was going to put them in. You know, so that was – that kept me hungry. You know, like, that, that, that kept me – that fueled my fire, and it fueled Kenny's fire, and it fueled Brian Maddox's fire. And that's why, and Mike, I mean, heck, when Mike Davis came in, Mike, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I remember the first day at practice when Mike Davis was there. I said to myself, like, oh shit, I, I'm not, I'm not as good as I, as in my mind, I, I was, I was a little bit comfortable going into my sophomore year until Mike Davis showed up. I mean, that dude is, I mean, everybody knows now. I mean, eight years in the NFL, but, I mean, that dude's always been special. And, I mean, he, he didn't have the physique that he had when he came in, and he was still special. So, I mean, it's just like when you have that type of culture, like when you're breeding a culture like that, there's good things around the corner. And it's that culture. I mean – you're thinking about what are who are the type of we've talked actually a lot about the type of guys Beamer's recruiting. Beamer's recruiting guys that are going to do exactly that. I mean, if you're making the decision to be like, screw this, like this is a guy who could take my spot. I don't want him here. You are making like clear as day a selfish decision for yourself to better yourself. That's not what Coach Beamer wants at the University of South Carolina. That's not what a lot of the players want. That's not what any of the coaches want. They want players that want the best for the team and want to 
make South Carolina great. And you do that by getting great players. And, you know, if you're a wide receiver, you know, getting another great wide receiver, make, making your wide receiver core one of the best in the nation, I mean, and competing with each other, making each other better, I, I think that's that's what you want to do if you're a competitor. And that's I mean, the type of guys Beamer's recruiting. And, Nick, like, it's just like this game is so fleety. Like, you, you don't know. You don't know when – that guy's going to strain his hamstring. Like you, 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 you don't know when the injury's coming, you know? So it's just, I don't know. It, it At Lewis and Clark last season, we went through four running backs. Wow. You Sounds know, like so I mean, it's quarterback just, situation right. last year. <laughs> right, right. You know, so I mean, like your, your, I love how Shaq a couple of weeks ago described our, our our unit like it was it wasn't a first string and second string it was a 1a and a 1b and that's how it had like if you're not if you don't have that if you're not thinking with that type of mentality i think i think you're already losing you know like i mean thinking i mean look at connor cox you already look at the tight end position for us right now, and it's probably one of our better ones with Stog- Austin Stogner, and then you have Jaheim Bell. And what I've been hearing about Jaheim Bell is only amazing things. I mean, I'm extremely excited to watch him play. And then you get Connor Cox, who's a top 35 tight end in the nation, and some people might be thinking, you know, oh, we're good. If you're thinking, oh, we're good at tight end, stop thinking that. I mean, because you need that depth and he brings in a lot of depth and he's someone who could, you know, maybe not next year because he is behind two very talented guys, but in two years, or if they go down, he can do something for South Carolina. So that one, a one B hopefully one C you want to keep on building that. So you have, you have depth at every position. It does not matter how good of shape you're in, in Columbia, South Carolina in September. Guys are coming out of the game. I mean, it's just, it, like you, you, you need simply, but be, simply because of just how pressing the humidity is and how hot it is. Like you don't know what's gonna happen. You, you, like you, you, you really don't. We play under some, like some, some, like strenuous conditions. Like a noon Columbia. game against Georgia, hypothetically speaking. In September, which could be happening this year. Oh, yeah, it is happening. Uh, by the way, Connor Cox, 6'5", 220, ranked 32nd in the country for his position. Talk about adding weight. I mean, that guy could easily throw on probably another 20 pounds um, throughout his college career. Good muscle, good good mass with that. Um, trying to stick to an hour, guys. We will get into the 107.5, the game their ratings of the top 30 Gamecock football players over the 30 years in the SEC next week. Um, Good little list that they're putting together. Always good for conversation. I do want to bring up this list, though, before we turn over to uh, ask Marcus questions, because I don't know, Marcus, if you had a chance to see this. Nick, I don't know if you had a chance to see this. Our friends, uh, Big Boomer on uh, Twitter, Big Game Boomer, they put lists out all the time. Sometimes it pisses people off, whatever. But Big Game Boomer put out a list recently about the top 100 most exciting college football players of all time. And I'll just read off 
the top five here, okay? Michael Vick, number one, Reggie Bush, Barry Sanders, Devin Hester, Deion Sanders, number five, okay? At number 85 is Marcus Lattimore. So, Marcus, I know you're a humble man. And, you know, these lists, I mean, they happen left and right. Big game boomer, this is what he does. He always makes lists up. When you see that, those top five, and I know a lot of those five, you looked up to those players, man. Mm-hmm. When you see a list like that, and obviously your career, it, 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 took some, um, it took some bumps with the injuries, but to still be considered one of the most exciting college football player of all time and to be ranked in a list like that, I mean, shoot, Tim Tebow, I think, is just a couple spots ahead of you. And like I said, maybe that goes for the debate part of it all. But um, to be on a list like that, how neat is that? I was good. When you said Michael Vick and Reggie Bush, I was like, yeah, that's yeah. I was going to say Reggie Bush, then Michael Vick. Uh, that that would be my list as the one, two. Uh, but no, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's the word exciting. Yeah, I think I was an exciting player. I think I was exciting to watch because the way I ran. Uh, I, I shit. I think it's <laughs> I think it's valid, Mike. Um, I don't know, man. It's 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 pretty cool. It is. It is. Uh, you know when you it, when when you introspect yourself from you know from an athletic standpoint it, when you look at like because I never looked at myself as like I've, I was a, I was, I had arrived. Like I had this Frank Gore mentality. I don't know if y'all saw this video of Frank Gore when he was getting inducted into the hall of fame for the 49ers and will be eventual Canton 49. It will be in Canton as a hall of famer as well. The whole time, the whole, the whole time, when they asked him to say something about, you know, being inducted into the 49 hall of fame, he's just saying, y'all took a chance on me and I'm forever grateful. Y'all took a chance on me and I'm forever. Like that, those were his words. And it just shows you the mindset that he had. That was, I, I mean, I, that's the mindset I had. I, ha- I had this mindset. that's it's like, shit, I, I'm, I, I didn't, I never thought that I was good enough. And I think that's why I ran the way I ran. Uh, but to be on there, I mean, I think I was an exciting player because I, I did. I, I, I like that description. I, 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 I like that. I like that I'm on that list. And you know, I'm stumbling because shit, I don't really know what to say. You know, when when I'm when I'm forced to look at myself, I don't. Uh, but no, that's cool, Mike. It's cool. I like Boomer's list too. I swear that guy likes South Carolina. I don't know what Fanny is, but he does. He he puts us in a lot of lists. <laughs> he puts our players in a lot of lists. Um, he loves Shane Beamer, I swear. Anything's with a coach. Like I just looked, I think Shane Beamer on one of his last lists with coaches. Uh top fifty best dressed head coaches. Beamer's nine. <laughs> Dude wears like a polo and a quarter zip every day. I don't <laughs> he just likes well- South Carolina. <laughs> I like him too. He uh, he did a list for the top media, top college football reporters for every Power Five team, and I guess the I guess someone must have paid him off. Um, he put me up there. So shout that's out that, to that's accurate. Boom. That's shout accurate. Out to big game boom. Um, but I wanted right. to bring that up. You know, I need to I need to make a big game boomer list now. That's that's the next. That's the only goal <laughs> in the career. That's all. At the, this point. This, 
lists are always fun. I do want to tease, though, ahead, and we've talked about it before in some past episodes, but we will get into Marcus talking about the injury from, you know, everything that he went through as we get closer to, to, to the season because we're getting closer, guys. We're getting closer. A month away, we'll have SEC media days. We're going to close things off, though, with I know one of my uh, – one of the things over at Gamecock Central, the subscribers, one of their favorite things, which is being able to ask Marcus some questions. So let's get right on to it. Life insurance cock starts things off for us today, boys. It says, since 2010, besides you, which running back would you choose if we needed three yards to finish a game, Marcus? Ooh, what a, what a great question. And this could be anybody. This could be anyone. I'm assuming this is a, a Gamecock player though but in the history of the Gamecocks so we'll go with that and if it's a non-Gamecock I'm, I'm sorry life insurance cock uh, but that's the way that I interpreted it Kevin Harris three yards Kevin Harris I'm excited to see him with the Patriots a guy that uh, I think fits exactly the style of what South Carolina, excuse me, what the, what the Patriots are all about. Protects the football. That's a good way to be able to make Bill Belichick happy. Nick, I don't know if anyone that stands out to you outside of, of Kevin. No, I mean, I was thinking, my, obviously, I mean, my memory in general is more recent uh, with South Carolina football, but he was the only one that could really come to mind. I mean, that I would think it, three yards is easy for Kevin Harrison. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go old school, even though I didn't get to see him play. And I'll see him in a couple of weeks as big old George Rogers. I mean, that's a mm. big boy. That is a big mm. boy right there. Um, give George the ball and, and just get the heck out of the way. Moving along. Next question. Coach BMW. We're going to save that one. That's a, that's a, that's a funny one. He's got cocky Panther fan says, who's the best college defender Marcus went up against. Oh man. Hmm. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name. I'm sorry. Danny Trevathan, Kentucky. I mean, you can't, you couldn't even, he was a linebacker for Kentucky, number mm -hmm. 22. Is that the right name, Mike? That is. He was a first team All American, 6'1, 232 pounds from Leesburg. This dude, you could, like, Every time, every time, you know, I, I would run inside zone, outside zone. Like, he would, you know, it's like that perfect form tackle that you make in practice. He would always make that perfect form tackle. I mean, he's just so smart, man. That dude was unbelievable. He was a, a phenomenal player for them. And then uh, USC Lack says to piggyback off of that best defense. Best defense, and then he asked another question, but we'll hold off on that for just a bit. Who's the best defense you think you went up against during your time at USC, Marcus? LSU 2012. Jesus. You mentioned, you've mentioned that before, and you had to go against the essentially the 12th man too because you said that that fan base and just the atmosphere at Death Valley you said was incredible. Yeah, that the, the whole experience added to the defense. I mean, hell, I mean, hell yeah. It, it was just – Man, that D-line, the linebackers, Eric Reed sitting back there at safety at 220 pounds ready to kill you. Um, LSU 2012 without question. 
Second question from USC Lax says, also, what's your most memorable run that you had in college? It was actually LSU. <laughs> Same, game? <laughs> Same game? Same game. Same game. It was fourth and one. We like we needed it. Fourth and one. Wasn't anything there. Anything that you could probably find this run right now. I don't know how. I'm pulling it up right now. I don't I don't know how. I don't know how, but we we got the yard. We got the yard. LSU 2012, fourth and one. It, it was I had to make something happen. Fourth and one, looking at it right now. I squeezed through there somehow, Mike. I don't you know. Found, you found you found a way. I found a gap. Um, what's the biggest difference between living on the East Coast versus living on the West Coast? Because you're out in Oregon, for those of you that don't know that, Marcus is working with Lewis and Clark. Division three I mean, football program. It's the weather. So, I mean, it's the weather. It's the like, dramatic. It's just so dramatic everywhere you go. The landscapes. I mean, it's, it's just that it's different type of beauty than South Carolina. Completely different. Like, I, I, like the low country. It's got this, you know, calm, serene, beauty you know the upstate you know it has that i don't know it's just easy and but but out here it's just like oh shit dinosaurs roamed here i mean that that like that's the first thing that comes to mind it's just like it's just dramatic everywhere you go and i'm gonna ask a question to nick and one and one of your answer as well marcus i know you said you enjoy being able to watch sports west coast time ideal sports viewing time what is it? Do you have Eastern time, Central time, Mountain time, or West Coast? Pacific time. West I Coast, do. without a doubt. You lo- you like it that much? West Coast, without a doubt. Yeah. I'm yeah, I mean, not 9 o'clock. Nine o'clock. Or West Coast. I mean, when it's Monday night not football. Yeah, but if there's a there's a one there's a one o'clock kickoff. Let's say there's you you enjoy like being eight able, o'clock. You enjoy. Let me do my my awful math here. One o'clock, so that'd be what 12, 11. 10 a.m. You enjoy watching NFL games at 10 a.m. Wait, I love look, that. You, you wake right, you wake right up. Ooh. You make some breakfast. I've only done that once. That get was a nice mimosa, <laughs> a little champagne and orange juice. And I mean, you just, I mean, you, like, you know, you I ain't, ain't doing even, that every Sunday. You ain't I, doing that. I'm not leaving the bed until about <laughs> one o'clock because, like, that's, simply, simply because of that. That's it's why perfect. I like noon games. So many people hate on noon football games. I love them because you just wake up and then football's on. Yes, I you wish like, I you, had you don't have to wait. Like I I'm, I'm, in, I'm anticipating the game all day anyway. I'm Central you time. Don't even have I'm to Central wait. time. Central time. I'd favorite. say it was between West and Central. I'd probably go Central just to give it the one hour. You know, Central would be. I hadn't. Yeah, I hadn't spent just too much time in the Central. Not one. That's when I lived out in Mississippi. I don't know how people do Hawaii Hawaiian time. I don't know if that's considered a different phrase, but I call it Hawaiian time. I'll tell you what, I was in Germany. I was in Germany during uh, during the NFL season, and I was just doing a camp over there. And, I mean, they're up, they're up like, having a party 3 a.m., 4 a.m., watch it. It's kind of it's fun. It's kind of cool. I can well, do, you know, that, I can do that whole season. 
the NFL does the, I mean, the games over in England sometimes, and I love those because you wake up and it's 10 a.m. and there's football on. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Like and also, that. you talked about the weather, Marcus. It's supposed to be a high of 102 <laughs> here in Columbia uh, tomorrow, and it's yeah, already it's about, 90. It's 97 degrees right now. So I'll yeah, give you the weather. It's about 65 right now. Okay. All right. Last question for Marcus. These people are moving some things out. As we are on remote here in Charlotte, Coach BMW says, "What's up, guys? Marcus, Yuba has an upcoming biscuit ceremony to attend, which I don't. I do have a an event this this Saturday, but I don't. So I don't know if I'll take whatever advice Marcus is about to give me. But Yuba has an upcoming biscuit ceremony to attend. He <laughs> wants to steal the show, and you're in charge of styling him up. You have four choices of hairstyle: the Fresh Prince high top fade, the Mister T mohawk." The Joe Dirt mullet, or my favorite, the Lattimore cornrows. Which one you go with? Now, for the sake of the conversation, let's just say I, I love have I love the, the imagery that he created in my mind right now. Of Let, my, let's say let's let's say I have the hair. Let's, let's say whatever hairstyle you give me, I have the hair to be able to do it right. So if you want the cornrows, if I have the high t- whatever it is, like I have enough hair to be able to, to pull it off. We're going Rasta, man. We're going. We ain't going nothing. We're going dreads. We're going. We're we're going full blown dreadlocks. I'm afraid to say this. There's actually a picture of me in college for one day. I don't know if I've told you this, Marcus. I got bet money to have cornrows one day because I had. I grew my hair out sophomore year, freshman year going into sophomore year, and then fourth day of camp, I broke my hand, so I couldn't go to a hospital as a white dude with cornrows and then my parents show up kind of like, first off, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? But I want the doctors to be like, who the hell is this guy? Why is he have a broken hand with cornrows? So we undid it. We undid it. And, uh, I only got half the money that day, but the best part is I had a roommate. You're not supposed to have like, you know, girls or any visitors during camp. So because I had a black roommate, everyone thought, Oh, that's real cute. Raheem did Mike's hit. No, but <laughs> You know, we had to deal with that all practice, but uh, I don't know if that photo exists. I hope it does not. Um, I hope that thing never comes oh out and sees goodness. the light of day. But yeah, I had cornrows for half a day. One oh day. Gosh, that's amazing. I and would go that, mullet. I think you could pull the mullet off. Mullet? I'd go mullet. I. It is funny. Marcus said, like, just imagining. All those things. Oh my goodness! I just pictured. I could, like, I could see it like in a video game, right? Like now. Marcus is like, <clears throat> just one of his pictures, you know, on a roster with the corner. Oh, I had the when that, I when, put it on Mike's head in NCAA football. You know, this might be like two thousand four, five, whatever. I would make a guy that was the shortest that you can make him, right? Like five five, and he'd have cornrows. I don't know why I did that. It's probably because I knew I would never be able to do it. Never thought I'd have that half a day with one but yeah not something i think i could pull off by any and, and mind you no one was on campus when we did the cornrows that day yeah it's during camp no one's on campus i'm i Shout don't know the mike vick and alan iverson man he put everybody on the culture oh no question about it um do want to say one more thing and we appreciate our friends over at bet online who are sponsoring today's show um i do appreciate i had someone reach out appreciate the people that are um Voting for not just myself, but for Gamecock Central for the best of. Um, we have three nominations. If you want to support not just myself, but Gamecock Central, um, you can find the link 
at the top of my Twitter page. It is pinned. So the best of Columbia up for best sportscaster, best local tweeter. But like I said, uh, the big one is is best sports website for Gamecock Central. So we appreciate Go vote, it. go vote, go vote. Anyone's vote. We want to be able to, to get those wins. That'd be great. Um, and uh, once again, guys, Gamecock football, big weekend, being able to pick up four commitments, three that have gone public. By the time you are listening to this, depending on when you fit us into your busy work week, there could be some more. So we will keep you posted over at GamecockCentral.com. Guys, anything else you want to add? Big big night for my Celtics as we tape this on a Monday, hoping they can be able to go up 3-2. I didn't Nothing? know Marcus was going to go. <laughs> I can cut. I, can I, was, cut I, was, I was waiting on you, Nick. I was like, uh. uh huh? We're playing chicken. We were seeing who's right. going to go. You guys are speechless with my Celtics. I know I'm the only hand bone out here worried about it, but – uh, if you guys ha- are listening, though, be sure to, if you guys are listening on iTunes, give us a nice five-star review so you don't miss, and subscribe so you don't miss any of these these podcasts, Believe in South Carolina, and as we get closer and closer to the season, things are only going to pick up more and more. So we appreciate you guys taking the time. We'll see you guys next week right here on Believe in South Carolina. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.